Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. Welcome back to our second podcast of 2021, where we're going to be talking about kingdom impact again, but influencing boys. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to a first to our first one on kingdom impact, I encourage you to go back and to do so. We unpack that this life is about using what God has given you to have a lasting impact beyond this lifetime. And today we're going to focus on using that impact specifically to influence boys. So excited to welcome back Faye Howard into the studio to talk about this influencing boys. And Faye, one of the things, another quote, I I need to just make a a whole book of fake quotes, because um, (laughs) one of the things you said to me one time was good relationships don't just happen. We need to be intentional about those relationships. And you know a lot about the topic of influencing boys. Um, And so you want to just reintroduce yourself a little bit for maybe those who have not uh, heard the first podcast. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here. So I have been married to Seth for 17 years, and we have been in Pella for about 15 and a half of those years. I have three boys. That does, yes, it's teaching me a lot about influencing the boys. So we have Jack, who's a sophomore. He's 16. Ryan, who's an eighth grader. He's 14. And Nate is nine and a third grader. So... This is unfamiliar territory to me. So I grew up as an only child where a house was pretty quiet. It was pretty orderly, you know, not a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of action, but boy, that looks a lot different than our household. (laughs) It is loud, which is great. It is full of activity and it's usually a little cluttered and messy, right? So the biggest thing that I'm learning is that I need to switch gears if I want to give my best to my boys. Okay, could I could I pause you right there? Yes. What could you unpack that a little bit more? So, sure. what does that look like to switch gears from kind of quiet only child into full? Uh, one of the words that's that's popular around my house right now is beast mode. Okay, so full beast oh, mode yes. of, of boys. That's, a good, that's, that's very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. God really made women and girls to respond to love and not necessarily saying that that's quiet, but he made boys and men to respond to respect. And so respect is really my positive regard towards my sons, no matter what they do. So the analogy that that I like to use is that guys use blue headphones or probably AirPods these days, right? Sure. To listen, to filter everything. And I use a pink microphone. To talk to them, right? (laughs) And it's just at a different frequency. Mm. Again, not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just different. So our guys, they filter through this respect grid. And as a wife or mother, I need to go beyond my love and apply respect. And this can feel like a totally different language. Okay. Which is is where we're going to spend most of our time today because that's really where the gear shifting happens in the language. So how do you figure these things out? Again, I feel like last podcast too, we did a lot of like, okay, so where do we start? So how do you figure out this respect talk? So 
I was listening to an other, a different podcast one time, and Emerson Egerich, the author of Love and Respect, which you may or may not be familiar with, was on. And he was talking about his new book called Mothers and Sons. And as I was listening to this, it just hit me like a nail on the head that, wow, they truly talk a different language. So I liken it to learning a new language. So I spent about six years learning Spanish in high school and through college and studied abroad in Mexico for six weeks. And learning a new language and then communicating in that language is hard. But I have encouragement for our listeners because Spanish is a lot harder than learning how to talk to your sons <laughs> respectfully. Uh-huh. Just learning a few words or phrases of respect can energize, motivate, and influence the hearts of our guys. So we'll go into some more phrases later, but here's some examples of what respect talk might sound like. For my 14-year-old, I respect you for taking responsibility to have all your wrestling gear ready to go the night before early morning practice. Or I'm proud of you for telling the truth, even though it was hard. And finally, I appreciate you for taking time to help me empty the dishwasher. So the point is that respect talk must be used with sincerity and truthfulness. I mean, our boys are smart. They're going to know if we're mm-hmm. just blowing smoke or if it's, uh, if it's not true. But it's also remember, important to remember that this vocabulary is about his character, not necessarily about his physical features. Mm. And again, it's not only to encourage and uplift. We talked a lot about that in the previous podcast. But even when they mess up. We can use respect talk because that's going to speak a lot louder to them because you're understanding why they maybe did X, Y, or Z. So how that could sound is you're a man of honor. So help me understand why you did X, Y, or Z. And it can be also used when you have to maybe discipline. So I respect you, but I don't respect what you did. And there has to be a consequence. So you can see that it's, it's very different from how we talk as women and relationally from a love, a love standpoint, but boys need to hear both love talk and respect talk from their mamas. So some of you might have been momming a long time and maybe you're, you're familiar with this language already, which is great. But as moms, we all have the look, right? <laughs> yep. You know the one. And if you don't know the one, your kids will know the one, right? Right, right. So your face turns sour, maybe your bro- brow might furrow. Maybe you roll your eyes or just look at your son and shrug your shoulders or simply stare them down. So they know the look <laughs> when they see it. And this may come out of your frustration, your fatigue, wherever it's coming from. It never motivates, energizes, or positively influences your son's heart. So again, being intentional means maintaining that positive regard toward the spirit of our boys, no matter what. (laughs) And that's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. Not all the time. I think the first time that we chatted about Respect Talk was was this fall, actually. And after, after our conversation, I left that, and I was just so aware of how, much, how many times I told my sons, we, we have two sons, I told my sons, I love you, I love you. And to switch gears and say, I, I respect you, I honor your decision in this, you know, it was, it was a mind shift, and I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Neither um, am I. <laughs> at all. 
another thing that really resonated for, for me from that conversation is that no boy wants his mom's disapproval. And so I have that has um, been in the back of my mind. And I've gone back a couple of times when I've thought, okay, did they feel disrespected? Not not to um, allow for the behavior that was wrong, but to allow for that, that, that what you talked about, that character piece, um, and say, okay, let's process what, what happened here, the, what was wrong, but also let's process, did you feel disrespected in that? Katie, that's so awesome that you said that because the beauty of respect is that it's more fact-sensitive rather than time-sensitive. So if you miss the moment to talk respectfully, you can go later in the day or weeks later to close the loop with your kiddos. So my guys, they necessarily don't value putting clean clothes away or keeping their rooms organized, (laughs) which can sometimes drive this mama crazy. And so many times I've gone into their room just frustrated and annoyed and just expressed my disappointment, right? And so that feels disrespectful to them because they know I disapprove of how they keep their room. And so in those situations, I've missed the moment, but I have found that when I go back and say something like, I'm not trying to send the message that I disrespect you. I'm just trying to understand how this works for you. That's good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right? And typically, sometimes my first response is sometimes out of frustration or because we live in a household, my voice elevates, right? Mm -hmm. And... That's not what I mean. That's not my intent. But when I realize that, wow, they might have felt disrespected, I can go back and say, you know what? That probably sound really disrespectful, but wasn't my intent. And I'm sorry. And even in the Christmas season, just recently, you know, we had a lot of things vying for our attention. Mm-hmm. And when I had to tell uh, Nate, I said, you know, Nate, I'm not trying to dishonor you by saying no to what you want to do. I just have a few things right now that I need to finish before we can play or whatever it is that he wanted to do. And so that just resonates with them a ton. And the beauty that you can just go back in time is it's, it's a saving grace to be quite honest. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I'm hearing that our, our boys need a mother's honor and respect and this respect talk, and I love those words that you said, I'm sorry, so powerful. Um, you know, so our words are so powerful. So I am hearing and have learned from you that our boys need a mom's honor and, and respect. And respect talk is one way. I love the words, I'm sorry, too. Those are just, they're so powerful. Are there other things or what else should parents, grandparents of boys especially, be paying attention to, to reach them? Yeah, that's a great question, Katie. So I just want to talk briefly about three that really resonated through me from Emerson's book. Uh, So the first is shoulder-to-shoulder relationships. So uh, I like to talk and process clearly. So I, good. I didn't really have a <laughs> lot of fear about coming in to do a podcast, right? I love sitting over a cup of coffee with friends and talking about what's going on. My boys, not so much, or maybe when I'm not ready to, right? So I've learned to respect their need for what Dr. Egerich would call shoulder to shoulder relationship. So going out and playing catch, shooting hoops, watching them play video games that I have no idea what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Going for a drive, (laughs) playing Legos with Nate, 
that's the kind of shoulder-to-shoulder, side-by-side relationships that gets boys talking, right? And one example, too, is when you hear your boys say, Mom, come watch us, come watch us. That, to me, is a trigger that says, okay, I want your undivided attention, Mom. And just going out to watch them play football catch with each other for 15 minutes in the front yard without any distraction, not my phone, not a book, not taking the dog for a walk, solely focusing on them and watching them without saying anything, that just energize that, energizes them and mm-hmm. endears them to, to mom. I don't have to get out there and be all rough and tumble and play football with them, but they just want to know that I am watching them. So it really softens their hearts and makes them more responsive to my wishes, whether that be, hey, it's time to come in for dinner now, mm-hmm. or you know what, I need your help with the chores. And because my boys aren't always talkers, uh, sometimes I ask questions and that can seem like, gosh, stop, you know, enough with the questions. And so I've tried to use the phrase, I'm not trying to dishonor you by asking questions. I'm just simply curious Hmm. as to what's going on because they're wired differently. It's not necessarily about that relationship. So shoulder to shoulder is, is huge for them. Another big aha for me was how boys apologize. So for women, it's really about relationship and connecting and looking into someone's eyes and apologizing to restore the relationship. And letting a boy apologize according to his male nature looks very, very different. Now, if it's a really serious situation, obviously looking face-to-face is honorable. But most conflicts uh, in our households, maybe our sibling rivalry or just maybe cheap shots or whatever it might be, (laughs) right? They're of a little bit of a smaller magnitude. So sometimes it's better to say, you're a man of honor, so please apologize. And what's interesting is when you watch them and let a boy apologize how he sees fit, typically he'll glance at the person and he'll look down and say, I'm sorry. And he does this, again, to really avoid the feeling of self-consciousness and personal shame. Hmm. He's not trying to be unloving. And that to me was huge because especially when the boys were little, I would say, look each other in the eye or give each other a hug and say you're sorry, which could potentially have created more self-consciousness uh, and more and shame shame yeah. than, than, they really, than they really wanted to hold on to. And then finally, respecting his desire for sexual knowing and understanding. Just realizing that there's an appropriate desire for boys to understand and know, mm-hmm. right? about sex. I mean, men and boys are structurally wired by God. I mean, that is how God created them to be visually oriented. And honestly, this may present challenges that he didn't ask for. So as women, we typically don't have those same challenges, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes our view of sexuality can be varied. And sometimes our perspective can be driven by fear or anger. And what I mean by that is, You know, we as moms may fear that our sons are going to give way to lust or sin sexually, which can really be discouraging. Or maybe they'd prefer to believe that their boys are different and none of this lust or temptation would be true of their boys. Or maybe they just become really angered when they discover what their boys are looking at or what they have seen. So how does mom respond, right? Ideally, talking to your husband about the matter and asking him to respectfully help you address what's happening is appropriate because obviously he knows what's going on with your boy. But moms, uh, don't get off the hook about this just because it might be uncomfortable. 
So a couple of things is sympathize rather than shame your son. You know, he's in a battle with the flesh and just sympathizing with him lets him know that his temptations are normal. Reassuring him that these desires are of God and to be enjoyed in marriage with pleasure can just really lift a weight off of his shoulder. So acknowledging that just really allows him to feel okay about his sexual desires while calling him to reject the temptation. So disapprove of his behavior, but don't disapprove of him because that's how God created him. Next, you know what? Be poised and don't panic. I'm guilty of this, right? When we overreact, Mm -hmm. we're going to run the risk of just putting a stamp on our boys' brains that say sex is bad and your attraction is not a good thing. When the inverse is true, right? So when we respond with poise, um, our ultimate goal is for him to believe that sex is a good thing and that boys have pressures that many girls don't understand. I love how Dr. Emerson Egerich advises to say something like this. God designed you to be interested in the female body. He made you to desire and enjoy sexual intimacy with your wife. You'll notice the female form, and it's important to know that when you look at these beautiful figures, your looking can arouse desires in you that need to be contained and controlled. You're not a bad person for these desires. God created you to have these desires, but we need to come up with a solution when you're tempted. What plan of action do you think will serve you best? So giving your son a problem to solve creates ownership and really honors him. This is foreign language to me. I would never have thought something like this would come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But the, this book does such a great job of um, giving words that you can use and to make your own. And then finally, when it comes to his respect for sexual knowing and understanding, depend on God. Don't doubt God, right? We live in a fallen world. Uh, And we must just make ourselves available to God to guide our sons, right? God knows our emotions around this. He knows our fears, right? And when we go to him in prayer, he's going to listen and he'll, he'll guide us where we need to, where we need to go. So those are just a few examples of how we can value a boy's design of being different than us as moms and women. So, you know, Jesus taught us that males and females are not the same. So Matthew 19, 4 says, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Though God created us in equal value, he didn't make us the same in function or desire. So God really expects us to value our boys because they were designed and created with those differences by him. I don't know when the first time was for you when you realized how different you are than than your boys and um, different in value and design. And uh, I I think I'm kind of a slow learner. So when our our youngest son Jace, when when he was not quite two, and we were heading into the Walmart parking lot, and this is just an illustration of the difference in how <laughs> how we process, but. Um, I was, I was trying to have one of those holy moments. So we had this beautiful flock of birds that was going over. And, you know, I was using my words to paint this picture about how God had created, you know, those beautiful birds and God created him, all, all of those things, right, to create this moment. And Jace made a little gun with his fingers and he said, boom, boom, I shoot those birds. I mean, he could barely, he was just <laughs> forming sentences. And I was like, yeah, you are your hunter 
leader, your protector, your provider. And I think you have uh, yes. maybe some other different stories from, from your household of uh, some of those <laughs> yes. differences in oh, value absolutely. and design. <laughs> We have lots of guns, toy guns in our house. Yes, lots of Nerf guns. I find Nerf bullets probably more often than I need to, right? But hierarchy, that you're exactly speaking to hierarchy, that boys have this protective instinct, right? So they like to dress up as superheroes. Um, their play might involve keeping the bad guys away mm-hmm. or battles, you know, just just over Christmas break. I mean, my kiddos were, yeah, out with the neighbor boys, and they were protecting the house, right? So how do we respond? Sometimes us as moms might feel like, oh, gosh, my kid is going to turn into a mad man because he's playing with guns. But really, it's, again, his desire to be strong and protect you. And so simply saying, I see you want to be strong and protect us, and I respect that about you. Um, What I've been learning, especially with as the boys get older, is the desire to provide and protect, it can also be scary, right? I want to do the right thing, but it can be scary. So simply saying, again, some respect talk here, is you have what it takes, or I believe in you. Again, it provides encouragement during those moments without shaming him for being afraid or uncertain. And even the bravest men feel fear at their times, Mm. feel fear at times, and that's okay, you know? Um, Another thing that I've been learning is that boy wants to offer his insight. So sometimes so much as moms, we think we know what's best, right? right. But boys want, they, they want, they have insight. And so when we ask them, it can sometimes be profound with what they come up with. So asking him questions like, what do you think? Do you have a recommendation? What do you think is the best way? Or would you help me with this decision? That can just really empower them. Now, us as women, sometimes we don't want a solution. And so I've had to learn as well when I'm talking with my boys or with Seth is that when I just want to talk and I'm not looking for a solution, I have to verbalize that and say, hey, I just want to talk right now. I just want to process this. I know you probably want to solve it, but that's not what I need right now. (laughs) So just kind of teaching them how I talk as well. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Yeah, from toddlerhood all the way up to who knows how long. They want to be strong and lead and make decisions. So a couple things that resonate with me is when thinking about his desire to be strong, it's really important to know how to channel this positively because, again, this kind of talk is not about his physical appearance. It is about his character. So Emerson has a great example in his book. He said, saying something like, son... I respect your commitment and discipline of taking care of your body and working out to become a man of strength. Women feel secure around a man who can protect her. But she doesn't really care as much about the size of his muscles. She respects his determination to be strong enough to guard her if needed. Hmm. And just because you understand his need to make decisions doesn't mean you have to agree or consent to everything he wants to. So two out of our three are teenagers and... We've had several objections to screen time and curfews. I mean, I've heard all of the excuses. I'm the only one. My friends don't have it. Or you don't want me to have any fun. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay for us to acknowledge their right to have a different opinion about our rules. And you can say respectfully that you won't change your mind. So 
we've used something similar to this is I understand that you want to stay out later or play longer or that you're having fun. And I'd feel the same way, but you need to rest. I don't need to stay up worrying and nothing good happens after midnight, right? <laughs> so for now, your curfew or your screen time limits stay the same. But of course, if you want to fight me on this, I'll gladly change it to 10 p.m. or I'll take it away or whatever that consequence may be. So again, letting him know that you value his desires to make good intentions, even knowing that he is imperfect or that he still probably needs some guidance along the way is just is critical. So Faye, you have shared a lot of wisdom and a lot of great insights on influencing boys. And I just want to push a little bit of a pause right now for any of our listeners who are not feeling competent. If you're, if you're hearing this, uh, great insights on having a good relationship with, with the boys in your life. And you're like, oh, I've missed, I've missed the mark. I just want to share a message of hope and encouragement from Joel 2, 24, 25. And here's what that text says. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And if any of you are reading through, praying through the Bible for your kids, you might recognize this as a devotional that was in that book last month. But the context of this verse from Joel uh, is there's entire harvests that have been lost to locusts. And sometimes, you know, we might feel like, oh, we've missed entire moments or pieces of, of relationships. Um, but this, in the midst of this devastation, comes this incredible promise of what our good God does as we turn to Him. And our good God is so full of compassion and mercy, and He can restore all things. And so as you deepen your fellowship with Him, He can multiply your fruitfulness so that your impact can be even greater than what it has, has ever been or what you thought it could be. And that goes with uh, so many things in life, but your relationships can be restored and overflowing as we turn to Him. So just a, a quick word of um, encouragement, and it's not like there's this wand that you wave and it's it's all magical. We have a part to play in the turning to Him, but He also shows and restores. Can I just echo that, Katie? You know what? Lest you don't think you do, as moms, you do show respect to your boy or boys, right? You not only love him, but you honor him. But if you're like most moms, including myself, you tend to gravitate toward focusing on your, your inadequacies and your failings and not your successes. So frankly, we as moms are too tough on ourselves and worry about the possible damage we're doing to our kids. But I think you'd agree, Katie, that if we could sit down with our listeners we would affirm the countless things that they have done well. Mm -hmm. We're all works in progress, right? And meeting our boys' need for respect is a commitment for life. Like you said, it's not a magic wand. It's not just something to try for a day or two and hope it, and hope it sticks. So you have shared a lot of great ways to place good connections into practice. We know that respect speaks louder, shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationship, um, recognizing the difference in, in value and design. Are there any other ways that we could activate this, this idea, this concept of influence our boys for kingdom impact? 
Absolutely. I think so. So we know that we're not going to be able to control the outcomes in our boys, but we can control our actions and our reactions and continue to learn about their need for respect. So again, some simple places to start would be start using that respect talk. You know, you've heard a couple of them throughout the episode, but phrases like, I respect you. I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. You're a man of honor. They just work. <laughs> they, they just really do. Uh, as I've noticed, as I've tried to start to infiltrate them through my language and talking with my boys a little bit more, they do. They just work. I referenced the book Mother and Son, The Respect Effect by Emerson Egerich. What I love about the book is that it's full of language to use with boys and men of all ages. So again, if you are in the diaper changing, toddler running after stage, if you are in the, yes, elementary to middle school to high school students, or if you are still have older boys at home, no matter where you're at in the parenting journey, there is some great insight and again, great language to be able to at least start to learn how to have the respect talk. Emerson also has a email that you can sign up for to get 21 days of inspiration in applying the respect message. So we talked in our last episode about intentions minus actions equaling squat. And so you might be thinking, I have no idea where to start. Mm -hmm. Well, this 21 day of inspiration gives you some action steps that you can put into, uh, into place right away to speak to respect towards your sons. And simply sending an email to mom at loveandrespect.com, you can sign up for this. And I think we're going to have this uh, email also in our show notes yep, for reference. That's correct. And then finally, Emerson was a guest on one of the Focus on the Family broadcasts. And so if you want to hear him talk directly about this, he also narrates his book, Mother and Son, The Respect Effect, and goes much deeper into, into the needs of our guys and how they are just created differently than we are. Those are great ideas to put into practice what we have talked about here. Faye, will you close our time together by blessing the spiritual champions of this next generation and the incredible young boys that are growing into men? I'd be honored to. So, Father God, you've designed our boys with a need for respect, and we honor that. We know that you have perfect plans for these young men and have given us the privilege to walk with them. I pray that you would teach us what respect looks like to the men and boys you have gifted to us and that you would provide opportunities for us to act respectfully in ways that touch their hearts. You call us to entrust our sons into your hands, and so we do that right now. May your will be their delight today. May you have perfect sway in them. May your love be the pattern of their living. We surrender our hopes, dreams, and ambitions we have for our boys. Do with them what you will, when you will, as you will. We place our young men into your loving care. Care for them with a care that we can never give. We release into your hand our need to control. Eradicate the evil, purify the good, and establish your kingdom on earth. For Jesus' sake, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family. 